you got a feel for Manchester United. How on earth are you expected to challenge in Europe when you only get 230 million to spend in the summer? And with a squad worth a measly 800 million, I think we know what the problem is here. Those tight arse Americans, the Glazers, they've got to go. Welcome to the big kickoff football show in a week where Frank Lampard keeps his 100% record intact. Manchester United show again that Eric Ten Hag has a lot of hard work in front of him and Juventus have their 15 point reduction reversed. My name is Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by David Bugle and Neil Dobbs. And before we go into the week's football, I've seen 10 facts about the Premier League for kids online today, lads. And I thought... Maybe, maybe the lads would like to go through it and we'll do a little quiz just at the start and see how we get on. So I'm going to give you the first one, Neil. All right, we keep yep. points here. Uh, the Premier League, when did it start? What year? Oh, crap. Was it earlier, late 90s? 92? 92, good man, Neil, 1-0. <laughs> this is a, a simple enough one as well for you, Dave. Um, who scored the first league goal? Brian Dean. Was Brian Dean. Solid. One all. Only six teams, Neil, have never been relegated from the Premier League. Who are they? And I am going to let you have one. uh, One mistake, I suppose. Oh, man. Uh, Arsenal. Yeah. Manchester United. Yeah. Liverpool. Correct. There's three. Arsenal. You said Arsenal. I won't take that away from you. Spurs. Spurs. There's four. So you have Arsenal, Spurs, Man United and Liverpool. Manchester United. Yeah, I said Manchester United. Yeah, we're yeah, struggling here. Five. There's a bit, of a bit of an Arsenal wobble here. I'm having one more. <laughs> Give us... Uh... No, you have two more. Yeah, You have Arsenal. You have Spurs. You have Liverpool. You have Manchester United. If you don't get them, and Dave has two ch- two chances then to come in and nab the point from you. I'd say Everton. Did oh, Everton, down? yes. So we've got one more. Oh, man. You have two Thank chances you to get the last one. Um, who else can I? Chelsea. Bingo. Good man, Neil. Absolutely brilliant. Jesus Christ. The pressure was on too. Well, was like, I don't know why my brain kept saying Villa, Villa, and you know they've been down at least twice. Was like... <laughs> so I've got to give you a similar question, Dave. Uh, Manchester United have won the Premier League the most times, uh, which is 13. Uh, can you tell us the other one, two, three, four, five, six teams who have won a Premier League title? Okay. Uh, Blackburn? Yes. Arsenal? Yes. Chelsea. Yes. Leicester. Yes. Man City. Yeah. And as much as a lot of Manx don't want to admit it, Liverpool. And Liverpool won one. So that's 2 <laughs> 2. Okay. Neil, Alan Shearer scored the most Premier League goals, 260. 
Who's second? Oh, crap. Hmm. Who's after Shearer? Oh. Um, I'm torn between two lovers here. Henri? No, and it passes on to Dave. Oh, no. Actually, would it be Harry Kane at this stage? No, it's Rooney. Said Harry Kane. He did yeah, I, Harry did. Kane. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Too odd, is it? Too odd. Yeah. Who has made the most Premier League appearances, Dave? Uh, no clues, no. Yeah, he played in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you saying that's past tense? I'll give you that clue. It was past tense. Right. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with him. Garrett Barry. Very good, ah. Dave. 3-2, good. Yeah. I was nearly jumped in straight away and said Milner for some reason, but it was something else he got this recently, wasn't it, or something? Or yeah, it yeah. 700th or whatever. Anyway. Uh, who has the most clean sheets? Neil. Oh, wow. Is this going to be like a an abstract one? As in Again, I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. It's a past, Keeper. <laughs> Thanks. Most <laughs> clean sheets. I'm trying to think who was real longevity that was playing forever. Mm. Well into their late. I don't know. I, I, I don't even know who's in England. So I'm going to go with just because he's mad old and I think he should have retired long before he messed up on a video shot in the World Cup. Dave Seaman. <laughs> no. no. Not Dave Seaman. Dave, if you can you nick it. Did he wear a school cap? He might have worn a school cap. Yes, it's who just say the name Veracek? Okay, good man for two. Okay, Dave, who has the least amount of Premier League points in a single season? Oh, I think I know that. Yeah. Something tells me Mick McCarthy, Sunderland. No, Neil, do you want oh. to take that one? Nab that one. Oh. Do you I think it was that? It was Mick McCarthy? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Jeez, who would lower than him? Because it was, uh, they were like, they were like, what? Sheffield United or something? The Sheffield United of a mare. The worst, I, I'm, I'm going to give it to you now, the worst team with a measly 11 points in 2000, 2007, 2008 was Derby County. Yeah. So you go, yeah. Dave, Dave, you have done a Sevilla and robbed that <laughs> out of nowhere but it was a right hammer and at the end and I'm going to stay with you Dave seems that you won it and Manchester United tonight got mauled again by Sevilla just shows you the squad that Manchester United have it's still part of that old team that were there that were struggling badly I and mean, they don't have their first 11 they struggle badly yeah, like, look, some of this stuff will be very much wash and repeat what we said before. Like, yes, they are on their way up, but there still is some, for the want of a better word, you don't want to be too harsh, but you can see that there is some dead wood that needs to be cleared out. and There's no denying, and it takes time, and it just goes to show you he's on the right track, um, but it's not going to happen overnight uh, with one or two boys this summer again. So it just goes to show you um, the golf and class. Uh, very like Liverpool back in its day, like, you know, on on our day and with an 11 can compete with anyone but one or two bad moves. And all of a sudden it's very similar to last year. But as well as that, 
Sevilla, like I said off air, Sevilla in the Europa League is a bit similar to Real Madrid in the Champions League at the minute. They just have that stranglehold on it, and it's it's like it's like they it's their God given right, and they play like that. So it was one of the worst draws to get, but um, yeah, it just goes to show you there's more work to be done there, and I don't even think this summer will be. The, the fix, like it will fix it and improve, but I think there's still another year or two to go before we can really see United kind of wanting to be where they really want to go. This Manchester United team, Anthony Martial has never mm. been good enough for Manchester United. His attitude yeah. isn't good enough for Manchester United. It's not good enough for a lot of teams in the Premier League, in all fairness. You've got Harry Maguire, not, not so much Linderoff. I don't mind Linderoff actually. Yeah. Uh, David De Gea made a couple of mistakes. Easy to jump on David De Gea's back on tonight but I, I haven't been the greatest fan of David De Gea because he's absolutely brilliant in so many occasions they pull off unbelievable saves stuff that he doesn't have to think about but his lack of concentration is something that kills United at the at the at the worst of times who would you get rid of Neil from the Manchester United squad if you had to get rid of him if you really thought about the squad in the summer um, just on De Gea, it's, it's funny that you mention him. It just depends on what way Ten Hag wants to play. So you look at one of the Brazilian goalkeepers playing that pass tonight. It would have been crisper. It might have not gone in there. He might have taken a touch. He might have been calmer. So if you want to play out from the back, you you might need to change De Gea for a better a keeper that's better capable with the ball at his feet. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Pickford with Everton that if they ever wanted to evolve the way they played, Pickford wouldn't be the guy to be rolling the ball out to your fullbacks and defenders. Um, they're getting there as far as Casemiro is obviously he's, he's kind of plugged that gap of the Fred McTominay slash whoever else you play as two defensive midfielders. So uh, you got to get it. You got to upgrade Veghorst if you're going to play him either as a nine or a ten. It depends. But it's like a Chelsea scenario at the moment. It's like a Bayern Munich scenario at the moment. You need that go-to guy up front. Like we've said it many times now, 25, uh, 20 to 25 goals every single season would, would transform that team. And this year you were relying on Rashford very heavily and he went, in, he went through a very, very purple patch. But is he still more suited as a left winger than he is a centre forward? Is he a target man? So I think that's something that a lot of clubs in the Premier League need to get right this season um, is your target man so that would be my number one priority for them yeah I think so um, that said right sorry they spent a fortune on the likes of Sancho Anthony and they haven't really come good it's not like you can replace the two of them now based on the amount of money you've played for sorry you've paid for them so that also becomes an issue just a quick one on that, Roy, because I, I obviously being a United man yourself to, to put your take on it, but I seen a quick comment by somebody on Twitter, I think it was, uh, about half an hour ago, and I was like, yeah, that's an interesting take. But it was about the, the two of them together like that. Obviously, Sancho has been there for a year longer, but Anthony, he's claiming like Anthony's probably done a little bit more than what the other fella has, but he seems to get a wide berth in terms of how they talk about him and there's an obvious potential reason why, but would you agree that potentially, like in terms of the two of them at the minute, Anthony is arguably the more impressive? Um, but he seems to get the the stick, the bulk of the stick compared to Sancho seems to be, and that's all right. He'll come good. Yeah, because they keep talking about how how well he did for Bruce Dortmund, and yeah. Bruce Dortmund's well gone now at this stage, and Bruce Dortmund are in the German league, and 
is it a lack of respect? Yeah, it's a lack of respect for the German league because the German league's not that good. You know, compare it, compare it to the, the, the other leagues. It's just not that good. You can see it because Bayern Munich dominate that year after year after year. Where Borussia Dortmund in any European competitions in a long time? It just doesn't happen anymore. So these players are going over there. Yes, they're getting good experience. Yes, they're they're doing well and they're playing well. But then they're they're stepping down to go into that. It's a bit like players stepping back down into the championship and then coming back up into the Premier League. It's a different ball game altogether. It, I said it. This is about Sancho when Manchester United bought him. I, I I wasn't overly impressed by him in any games that he has played. Yes, in the German league, he he played well. But then looking at what he did in the league, yes, he was scoring goals. But looking how he scored the goals, etc. When you analyse it, I, I I've, I've never seen that impressive about him. When I look at Anthony. There's a lot for him to learn. I'll just say he's, there's a lot for him to learn. He's gotten in positions there tonight where he can whip across in and he's trying to go back by another player again. He has a lot to learn. And if he, Listen, there's good potential because that left foot is a really good left foot. If he learns how to use that, it's a right weapon. He doesn't have to even drift by players. He just has to learn how to, to use that. But as Neil rightly said, you have Vaghurst up front who can't score a goal. He's not... And if, it, if that was compensated by the pure work rate and effort and turn over a ball that he got back, you'd say fair enough. And that's what everyone was talked about and told at the start when he came in. But that hasn't happened either. So in actual fact, if you have a Martial that's coming off injured, you're actually not getting much more from a vague horse who's coming on not injured, you know. So yeah, yeah. He, he maybe maybe should have put Rashford up front and put maybe a Lange out wide or whatever. But yeah, vague horse is someone who has to go. Martial is someone who has to go. Maguire is someone who has to go. De Gea is someone who has to go. Um, listen, there's a couple of probably others. You're probably having about six or seven who are definitely going to go for that Manchester yeah. United team. So there is a lot of work for him to do. I... I think he'll do the job. I think he'll he'll take it. Big thing is though getting into the Champions League, and when you don't have Varane, you don't have Martinez, you're gonna struggle in some of these games. So, yeah. really, is does it matter if they get beaten in the cup of the weekend? Absolutely not. It doesn't bother me. I couldn't care less because it's probably not a bad thing now with all these injuries that they're out of the Europa League. It means they now have a few little gaps there where they can rest and recover and get players back in because the Champions League for Manchester United is that important for them. You know, they haven't been there, you know, and to get any players that they want to get, uh, if they want to just say be in for Jude Bellingham just say even though Bellingham might want to go elsewhere but if they wanted to have any chance they have to be in the Champions League and that's that's where it comes down to so yeah it's uh, it's going to be an interesting last few weeks and I think Manchester United are going to struggle a little bit especially I, I, and I can see that the weekend you've seen Shaw hobbling off and you're thinking God you know you were going to think oh, you might play Lindelof and Shaw in the back line but it just seems to be set up there for Maguire to be stepping in every single time so uh, whether he he looks at putting a Casemiro in the back line or something like that, I'm not sure. But <laughs> I, I'd be definitely taking Maguire out. Ta- I, and just on the last thing, I'm talking too long here, and I understand that. But on the last <laughs> thing, every time every time Linderoff and every time Maguire got the ball, they're taking at least three touches and they're slowing yeah, it down yeah. hugely. And when Varane and Martinez get on the ball, they get a touch, they pass it, or they get a touch and break a line by pushing into midfield and then pass it. And that's a big factor, and that's where it sets up the game. Um, so they do; they need to they need to get rid of them. And I, I'm I'm kind of worried now for the rest of the season, not based on that result, just based on every time they come into the team, it just slows everything down. Okay, yeah. Neil Frank Lampard, hundred percent record. <laughs> it, it's harsh on them, isn't it? Because yeah. there's not there's no one getting a tune out of that team, and I can't see anyone getting a tune out of that team. If if, if there was ever a team. 
that spend so much money on players and give them eight-year contracts who are in a bit of trouble, it's Chelsea. It's unbelievable. Like, what were we saying last week? You know, what an opportunity for Lampard. You know, it's like he's the, he rubbed the genie in the lamp. He was delighted with himself. It's a shot to nothing. All these kind of things as if positives for Frank Lampard. And there he is now. What's it? Four results on the bounce. They've been beaten. They've been beaten comprehensively. They can't score. They don't look like putting passes together up the field. They look, they look dysfunctional. Um, looking at some of the headlines today, they were saying that the, the Todd Buelli is, is giving out about Enzo, Enzo Fernandez, that he wasn't working hard enough and like he's their star signing. And it's unbelievable. Uh, I don't, look, I don't blame Frank Lampard as such because if Tuca couldn't get out and out of him, if Potter couldn't get out and out of him, and Potter had a good, I won't say good crack at a whip, he probably needed longer with the squad that he had, but he couldn't get them playing any different. I don't think Frank Lampard is, is a high-quality manager, so how would we expect something different in the reaction that he had um same group of players massive group of players um and they just seem to have wasted money hand over fist um i was just thinking kind of the the contrast there when you buy sancho for 80 million and you buy anthony for 80 million we're saying about man united chelsea have absolutely inflated the market for everybody now with the spending that they've done and all of a sudden they've got these 50 to 80 million pound players that just look bang average. And then you look at Brighton, who I, I I don't have enough accolades for them last week. You look at Matoma on the wing. You look at Casado through the middle. You look at Erlad Ferguson up top, who are on a shoestring compared to that. They're making a show of the way these guys are spending money. Um, you know, Fernandez, what was he, 12 million or 15 million for Benfica last year? And now he's 112, 115 million. It just makes a show of them. It really does. And Chelsea are a shambles. They are an absolute shambles. And when you look at Dave, they've been stuck on 39 points for an awful long time. So they're still not safe from relegation. <laughs> but when you look at the the fixtures that they have, they've Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Forest, City and Newcastle. There's not too many games there you're thinking, right, they're really going to kick on here. And they're probably the two that you think they might have a chance, Bournemouth and Notts Forest, they're fighting for their lives. Yeah, exactly. And that they're the type of games that they'll probably lose more likely because of the fact that that matter, because they'll be outworked um, because that's still a, a rare commodity in certain in, in certain aspects of the game nowadays. Look, I, if I'm not mistaken, as I thought, I think I read it right as well the other day, as much as Bowley's after Mona, but I think didn't they give him another year's extension on his contract, apparently, Fernandez. Or Fernandez, like yeah. I don't exactly. understand how or why, so, but yeah. Now he's bitching about him, so it, that just says everything about the owner, um, you know. Um but look, it was funny. I think somebody put it up. Maybe it was Paddy Power. They put up L L L D D L L L L L. It was like Frank Lambert's last eighteen matches, and he went. By the way, this is not a Welsh town because there was <laughs> because there was no W. Um, God love me, hasn't won in seventeen matches or something in his last seventeen matches. It, uh, look, it, it's a free pass for him. Um, Behind it's a wonderful thing. Now is it though? Do you not think that might damage him a bit? Oh, he, he will be damaged deep down. He will be. But is it is it deserved in this instance? Maybe not because they are such a disarray. I don't think. I think we're all. I think even Thiago Silva had an interview the other day in his in his native tongue, and I don't know whether it was tongue in cheek, but he was like, "Oh, should we've even had to extend the dressing room because it's getting that big in there?" You know, mm. he was really laying it in, probably thinking it wouldn't get back. You know, that kind of crack. So even the players are pissed off, and he's one of the go-to guys to probably be the gel of the team so even he's kind of going this is great the lunatics have took over the asylum basically yeah. and that's the impression you're getting so personally i would almost give lampard as much as i i'm not overly convinced by him 
But in this instance, I'll pretend these eight matches, I'll still have my same opinion, which is not that great. I still think he has a lot to prove. But in this instance, I'm not going to add on to it because I don't think anyone could do anything over the next few games. I think they're going to play in their flip-flops because they're already on the beach by the looks of it, the way they're going on. Yeah. yeah. Now, we'll just move away from them because we don't want to get too depressed about football. <laughs> <laughs> but we go on to Real Madrid, who comfortably seen them off. And then Manchester City, in Malfares, I would say comfortably seen off Munich, even though Munich had the, the couple of chances in the game. Neil... When you look at them two there, I'm looking at the bookies and they have City odds on favours. They have Real Madrid 130 to get through to the final. How did they work that one out? Um, I, I can only assume, Ryan. I mean, if we cast our minds back last year when Madrid made their run to the final, they looked like they were getting beaten comfortably twice. Once by City, wasn't it? Once by Chelsea. But the City game in particular, they always go back to, remember the Jack Grealish moment where... Chelsea or City really had their foot on their necks. They had them out for the count and Grealish just dragged one wide of the post. And we were like, that was it, game shot. And the next thing you know, Benzema and Vinicius did their Benzema and Vinicius thing. They're up the other end, two shots, two goals. And it was just almost unbelievable. But I don't want to say Madrid rode their luck, but they were beaten comfortably in two games. They looked like they were gone. They were dead. They were buried. And they showed the true, obviously, professionals and the, the miraculous powers of recovery that they had. And I think that would be the reason that City seemed to have their number. The question is this year, this time, if City can get into the same scenario, will they be absolutely ruthless? A.K.A. Haaland will put two, three, four, five pass if you give them the opportunities. Or will something, you know, mysterious that can happen in a semi-final of the Champions League, which we've seen for so many seasons. So I think that's the kind of... the, the the madness behind it. And yeah, you think it's Madrid. If anyone can find a way to beat City, if anyone can find a way to dig in, they're the team that's going to do it. So fascinating tie. It's going to be a brilliant, brilliant two-legged tie. Yeah, it's a huge game and something that we're really looking forward to. Of course, people wanted that to be the final. It's not going to be, Dave. But when you look at the chances that Bayern Munich had the other night, Vicentes Jr., Benzema, they're oh, the kind they of players that take them chances, aren't they? Yeah, they buried them. There's no two ways about it. Now, obviously, Bayern are going to have a bit more pep in their step because they're 3-0 down. So they're obviously going to be more of the attacking. Man City were probably trying to manage the game a little bit, you know, with one eye still on the league. And obviously, Arsenal's coming up soon. So now with a 3-0 advantage, it's like, let's do what we need to do to get through. I don't think they'll be overly bothered if they were like not the better side in this game because all that matters is they're into the next round. And look, probably off the basis of the fact that I'd say it maybe is the opposition, Bayern are slightly better opposition than Chelsea. And obviously, as what Neil said, for 90% of the game last year, they were slightly better side. And obviously, these are English bookies, so people are probably favouring their own. So just a natural thing. So I'd say that's what it is, but we all know it. And I've said it a few times this year, as long as they're in the tournament, you can't back against Real Madrid at the moment with their record for the last few years. Brilliant tie. And the fact of the matter is we get to see it twice now, which is great. That's the, probably the best way to look at it. Even though you'd wish it was the final, we're going to get to see. The, it's got to be right till the end. There's going to be something to fight for. And just a little side piece, because I suppose it is a little bit. At least you've got on the next side, it's a Milan derby. So that's going to be rough and ready for the two matches as well. Watch that space. Yeah, yeah now I'm just about to say that to you, Neil. City are still the favourites. Real Madrid are second favourites. So it kind of, the bookies look at it and as whoever wins this is going to win the Champions League. Is that the case? 
it can be the case you know sometimes a team if they reach a final you kind of think they've gone almost a step too far and that's kind of as good as it's Milan going are get. hitting, hitting a bit kind of form of isn't it? That. Milan were very good last night and I mean Napoli are no schmucks in their own backyard and um, Milan I think beat them 4-0 there a couple of weeks ago so Napoli are ha- having a wobble they're, they're uh, losing a couple of players as well if a few injured but um yeah, a derby game, you know, again, two-legged affair. I think that's going to be a cracker. But you know yourself, Italian teams have that knack. of. If you looked at Milan against Napoli in particular, by the way, last 20 minutes, the way they defended, very, very comfortable. Napoli mm. were throwing balls into the box left, right and centre. And they were, they were getting no change out of them whatsoever. So it's is an Italian team that kind of, you know, the kryptonite that turns up and turns in a typical Italian performance. Or does a team like City or Real just pull them apart? But um, I think they'll have a part to play. It's a one-off game. You know, if, if you're asking any of the two Milan sides, do you want to play them over two legs or in a final? They yeah. want to play them in a final, in a one-off, where they can upset them uh, much less likely over two legs. So I look forward to that one as well. Um, Prediction-wise, right, I'm actually going to... I think for a change, I'm going to go bold here, right? <laughs> I think City are going to murder... Real Madrid <laughs> murder so that murder would say to me five plus goals yeah I think they're going to do what they did to Bayern the only difference is they concede one or two because they've got proper strikers up front okay right that, you think so Dave uh, look it, it can happen because of, like there is an element and I suppose it's probably for the last few years because I was expecting Liverpool to do it once that we were the younger, fresher side, and eventually the legs, they'll blow up somewhere, and it could be us, the way Liverpool play, and it never happened. And I still think it will happen at some point, and if it's this year, fair enough, but like, I've, I've been born too many times now, I can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't, but at the same time, I've been expecting it, so if it did happen, I'd be like, well, I got it wrong this time, which is typical, but... Uh, I'm, I'm going to happen just saying it and it's going to yeah, happen. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> One day it will blow up. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, listen, again, as you, as you said, AC Milan look look slightly the stronger out of the two teams, uh, Inter, and I'd be fancying them to get through. I don't know, I have a, I have a feeling that Madrid are going to disappoint uh, City altogether and... I feel like Madrid are going to go on and win it, but uh, and not by much either, because as you said, how well AC Milan defend, it, they're, they're really, really impressive. So, yeah, I just have a feeling Madrid are going to go on and do it. I, I, I don't know if I want City to win it. Like it doesn't bother me. I don't really want Madrid to win it because they've won it so many times. It'd be good to it's, see someone else it's win fun it. That but... they haven't, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, And now yeah. they're getting Haaland. We all think it's the final piece, and if they still didn't win it, it's it's more fun and banter. But if they won it, yeah, whatever. Get on with it. Yeah, yeah, I guess but that's it. It would be entertaining goes, to see them get yeah. by Madrid and then lose in the final <laughs> against one of the last teams. <laughs> But it's the only stick you have to be City with at the minute. So yeah, they have, yeah, they haven't yeah. won the Champions League. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Be so fun. We need it. Okay, Dave, uh, we're going to bring in a new section called Grind My Gears. Uh, it's going to be about, well, things that just get to you about football. <laughs> and you wanted to bring it up because. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, so basically, in this instance, it's kind of like, so basically what it is, and obviously anyone who's watching this, it's, where did this come from the whole time? And the reason why it might sound muffled <laughs> if you listen on the podcast is when the player, it's when players start covering their mouths. And sometimes, like, fair enough, I might get why if a manager is talking about it. But it's like, are clubs, are clubs uh, employing lip readers now? Like, when did this become a thing? Like, uh, NFL coaches, I think, cover their mouths with the, the, the playbook because there's plays and it probably happens there. But 
I, they must have seen something. Somebody got clever, and you know what they're like with their sheep. But like you're watching it, they're over a they're over a free kick, and there's three or four lads covering their mouth. And we know you're only talking about th- one thing: who's taking it. So why are you covering <laughs> your mouth? Like what's going on? Like I just don't get it. It's fun. And then two mates are talking afterwards. Maybe listen. Do you want to come join us next year? Fair enough. Cover <laughs> your mouth. But like the amount of times they do it, and I just don't get it. And it's like, especially there was one time I think it was Henderson. Robertson and Arnold were taking the free kick. And we all know what they're talking about. And it's no secret. But I'd love to know if a club has a lip reader. If anyone knows anything, please come on and, and tell us. Because I'm just fascinated by how much it happens now. And it's just one of those things, I think, it happened once. And it's just gathered pace. Because you know what? They all love it. But does it yeah. bother any of you guys? Yeah, well, well, when I look at it, yeah, it does and it doesn't. I know <laughs> that there's been a couple of times... Uh, previous you know, in, in a few years ago that players were kind of cut out for what they might have said and you know you see them up in the stands and they might have said something to someone mm. in the stands even you know so they're, I think yeah. they're all cautious about it but like if, you, if you're that worried what are you saying that's 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 worrying <laughs> you know yeah. it, 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 and I always think then there's a, a sort of a darker element to it then is that you know are they saying something about someone yeah. that you just don't want lip you know yeah 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 I'm gonna do that Casemiro now my next challenge <laughs> or you know or yeah lads you, you, will, I, will I ever get a free kick here Henderson's probably <laughs> over the top of it you yeah, know yeah, thinking yeah. you know will he ever get a chance to take a free kick and the lads laugh at him but yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I can I can understand how they're trained for media and stuff like that, and this is probably mm. part of it. But yeah. there's lads. I prefer the lads who are happy to say whatever they want. Yeah, and are happy, especially for when they're uh, especially when they're annoyed in front of a linesman, and you can see the teeth hitting the top bottom lip where it's yeah. going. <laughs> you know what words coming? It rhymes with duck everybody, and it's like yeah, they they're not thinking to cover them out at that moment in time. You know. They mo- there yeah. must be a directive though is in because there's so many cameras on them yeah. and it, there's always going to be video footage out there I think that's it that there is a directive out there to say listen if you're having a chat about that and out there just in case there's a smart arse in the crowd or someone looks at a video afterwards make right. sure you're not saying that and untoward but it almost because they all kind of collectively do it don't they they do yeah but when has everyone <laughs> ever got in trouble for it no one's ever got in trouble for it before you know I know there's people who re- might, might lip read you know, and say it to each yeah. other at home. But when did they ever pick up on a, on Sky or BT or RTE or whatever it is and say, God, that, that's shocking what you just said there. They normally <laughs> just go, well, we know what he thinks, exactly. you know. So exactly. it's not as if it's the worst thing in the world. So then that's why I think there's a darker element to here. There's something that they're, they're saying there, you know. Uh, oh, Freemasons. Mrs. Last Freemasons. Week or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, we, we, I think we, we'll allow that into room 101, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. I, I get that one. That's it. I don't. I, I, again, knows, I don't do get tell it. Us. If anyone knows, do tell us. I'd love to know. If, if anyone, if you've ever seen anyone do that in amateur football, let us know about it. All right. Yeah, and shame. Where, them. where are you going for a point tonight? I don't know. Where you're going. I'm still hanging from last night. Jeez, yeah. my head is banging. I, I'm actually George. surprised, right, that the kids don't <laughs> pick that one up. Do you ever see them do the set piece? You know, from a free kick or the corner, they put the hand up. And then they yeah. deliver the ball in. Yeah, I've yeah, seen some yeah, of my yeah. kids do it and go, What means you? We've never practiced that. I go, it, it means like run, does it? Does any of your teammates know that? <laughs> Surprised they're not, you know, little 14 year olds walking around the field about to take a free. <laughs> okay, right. We, we'll leave that one there, I think. Uh, Neil, Arsenal last. They're having a little wobble. And I know I've heard 
uh, like Bon Lahore on the radio talking about and I think he was talking to Ali McCoyst about it and he says anyone who says that they're having a wobble don't know football and they're all agreeing but they are having a little wobble there's a little bit of pressure on, on what they're doing to go 2 nil up against Liverpool and then for that to be dragged back that's fine that happens but then to go 2 nil up against West Ham who are in the relegation battle when you know you can't really slip up too much more that's a bit of a wobble it is more than a wobble now. Look, and to be fair, right, they missed a penalty as well. And that, look, it's pressure is exactly what it is. And we probably would have said a couple of months ago, the big difference when you're going for that Premier League title is, especially when you don't have the experience of losing one or coming close. I'll always, you know, we always refer to Liverpool because they're the nearest ones to win the bloody league than City. They had to kind of come really, really near once at least before they finally got over the line. You get that experience. And you're in a race with City. And this is what we're all waiting on. City to do this eight-game unbeaten. You can't drop points. When you do, you're gone. And I think that that's what Arsenal are feeling right now. They're feeling that weight of expectation of, Jesus, if we slip up, we're absolutely knackered because you just won't catch City. And that's why this game with City and Arsenal becomes such a massive game because City or Arsenal might never get another chance to make them points up and then that game will be over. So I think that is the pressure. And I mean, let's be honest, you're 2-0 up away to West Ham. We just said there about City taking their foot off Madrid's neck last year unprofessionally. And Arsenal were in a great position against a team that are badly, badly struggling. And they let them off the canvas. And it is a little bit unforgivable when you're going for that, you know, you're going for that run in. If they were even, without referring to one of the normal big six, remember Leicester and that run in where every game was a final and they gave everything. They were flawless, absolutely flawless. And Arsenal need to get back to that flawlessness that brought them to the position that they're in. Absolutely. And Dave, to have Southampton first, there's a bit of pressure on them now to, to beat Southampton because if they don't beat Southampton, all of a sudden then they have to kind of beat Manchester City because we're running out of games. If Man City win the two games in hand, they go top by a point. So there's huge pressure now nearly on every game. Yeah, like and me and Neil, obviously, and everyone, you don't have to be a Liverpool fan, can and can speak from experience. The city are kicking into gear and we are not going to be in the least bit surprised if they go the whole the rest of the season now. Like I even said it, I think the first year I said it to you, oh, Liverpool win all 10 games, it's grand, we'll win the league. And of course they didn't because City went and did the same bloody thing. It, it looks, that's the same feeling we're getting now and Arsenal probably maybe even know it. And to be honest, even some of the media, the way they were talking, I think it was the Sky Sports lads after the game on, on Sunday going, oh, if they don't win the league, will it be disappointing? It's almost them saying they're not going to now. They're already yeah. talking about, will it be disappointing? So they're kind of going, I told you so, because they've been saying City. So that'll be winding up the players as well. So mm. you know yourself, lads, there's no messing now. This game is as big as Man City next week because if they don't win all three points, you know, the next week's game is is win at all costs because there's no way they're going to gain that many points back on Man City. So this is it now. It's going to be very interesting. And then, as I said, the, some of the pros are already talking about will it be disappointing if they finish second? And it's like, oh, they've made their mind up. What's Absolutely. the bigger achievement? Isn't that the line now? You know, yeah. the bigger achievement is Man United finish third and win the Carabao Cup and Arsenal bomb out. With it. You know, they're kind of saying if they bottle the league now from that position, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. going to come. And listen, there's no way you can shield yourself from that when you're a pro. You're, you're, you're listening to that all around you. And they must be feeling that in the gut. You know, you're so close to doing something. You're doing really well. And then you just have that little chink in the armour. Mm. And, you, and you've dropped a points and then you go away the next week, you're winning 2-0, grand, we're back and we've dropped two points again. That's going to hurt. 
It is going to hurt. And that's why that Southampton game is so big, just to build up a bit of confidence before that City game. Okay, we're just going to quickly finish off. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Juventus' 15-point penalty over transfer dealings has been reversed with Italy's highest sporting court ordering the case to be re-examined. So it's not all over and done and dusted, Dave. As part of the same case... Tottenham director of football Fabio Patricia lost his appeal against the 31 ban as part of the same case. This pushed them back up into tour, Dave. It's it's exactly. it's mental, isn't it? Yeah, and just to go back to what we were talking about, it adds even more fire to the Milan-Inter der- uh, game because uh, they're both fourth and fifth. So one of them might need to win that Champions League if they want to yeah. be in it next year. So for them to that game goes up an even another level. So uh, yeah, very interesting. Now, apparently it's going to go to another level that it's not completely out of the woods, but I'd say at this stage now, this will be it. Look, it just makes up... It, it's potentially another one where the big boys get away with it again. You know, the Man City thing, it's already little things are coming out going. They might only get one charge when all is said and done and it'll be minuscule. They'll bury them. Like, hey, look at Chelsea at the minute. Are they, is anyone looking at them? And they'd look at Barcelona and potential match fixing for uh, X amount of years. Uh, uh, look, if they haven't done it wrong, fair enough. But like, it just once again, shock horror. The, the rich big man gets away with it. Yeah. Um... That's the feeling, you know? But it says that here also Juventus are also facing an investigation from or Juventus are yeah from UEFA over potential breaches of its club licensing and financial fair play regulations, which was announced last month, Neil. So there's a lot of this going on. You can definitely see more clubs falling into this, can't you? Yeah, well, see, this is it. And and the right, you know, I was just thinking as we were talking there, even the timing of this, it just seems strange. You know, you're eight games to the end of the league. Like you imagine that was the Premier League now and. You know, you've Manchester United, Newcastle, Spurs, all fighting for that top four place. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, Chelsea got their 15 points back and they're, they're back up into third place. You'd be furious over it. Yeah, like, it who was. decided, A, to, to dock them and then for it to be a thing and then for it to be allowed to be over by the end of the season? It just doesn't feel right. No. But getting caught up in this scenario, um, you know, one body overruling another or one decision being overruled, just as a kind of a, a funny feeling about it. There's no kind of justice in that. Last year, they made a £220 million loss, a record for an Italian club. Ooh, that's, that's interesting. You know, and Juventus, the amount of money that Juventus have, have, have pumped into that club, and they haven't made a dent on the Champions League and with Ronaldo yeah. and everything there. So I'd say there's a little bit of pressure behind the scenes there on them and they need this Champions League place. So if they don't get it, who Is knows where it's happening, go. you know? Yeah, who knows where it could go. Okay, listen, we're going to leave it there. Thanks very much, uh, Neil. Thanks very much, Dave. And thanks very much for you for listening. Any questions, any topics, send them on and we'll debate. Cheers.